we respectfully acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation as the traditional custodians on the lands in which this was created. Hi, I'm Crystal Kinsella. I'm a proud Jarwin and Wiradjuri woman, a supply diversity expert and published author. Welcome to Meet the Mob, a series dedicated to showcasing black excellence in business. I get to interview deadly First Nation business owners from around the country and learn about their why. Today I'm joined with Mandanara Bales. Hey sis, how you going? I'm good, thank you. So grateful for you to take the time out to have a chat with me. Let's start off with who you are. Who's your mob? Where you're from? Alrighty, so let's do this. So I grew up here on Gadigal country and I would say that I have a historical association with Redfern. So born and raised here in Sydney in Redfern. Um, but my people are the Wanneroo Bunjalung people yeah. from the Hunter Valley. And my father's line are actually Gungaloo Birigaba people wow. from Queensland, even though I'm a Koori and I always go for the blues. Yeah. My children identify as Murrays and I identify as a Koori. I didn't even know that you had grown up down here. That's pretty crazy. First 10 years of my life, but it's interesting. Yeah. Every time I speak about who I am, where I come from, I still feel like I'm a foreigner living on, living on someone else's country yeah. Yeah. in Queensland. I've never felt like a Queenslander in 25 years. I'm so glad you go for the blues. Thank you. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Look, you've been in business for quite some time and you actually are someone I really look up to. I, I've watched your journey over many years now. What is your why? What's that fire in your belly that gets you up, that keeps you motivated to keep going strong in business? I guess I think a lot of our mob will have a very similar answer, I'm assuming. In terms of, I come from a politically active family that might be unique in terms of a lot of black fellas in business. Yeah. I grew up um, with a family that were literally organising the protest. Yeah. I grew up with a family that, you know, my dad, my grandmother, her siblings all have ASIO files. So our family were under constant surveillance from the federal police and ASIO, yeah. which we referred to, and the family, I didn't know what the spooks were. So I grew up in a family, um, non-Indigenous people would probably say a radical family. Yeah. As a black fella, I'd say politically active yeah. and been part of our, I would say the black civil rights movement since you know I, I could remember growing up in Redfern. So it's my old people and I think my dad passed um, at 62, my mum passed yeah. at 45, which was 21 years ago. Yeah. and. Um, I just keep thinking that our parents and our grandparents fought the battles and the hard battles and the hard fights. Yeah. And sometimes I, f I even have to remind myself not to complain yeah. because we've got it easy compared to them. That's it. So my why is um, I just know that we've got a long way to go and it's a long road ahead of us. and. They fought to the day they died, and I kind of see this as a non-negotiable. Definitely, definitely. And you, you're kind of standing on their shoulders because of the pathway that they've paved um, is pretty incredible. And I, I think it's really important what you're saying as well around just not taking for granted all of those fights. Exactly. Because that is why we have this privilege of these positions that we're at, we are in in business yeah. right now today. And we've got children. Definitely. And for people that have children, especially for Aboriginal and Tashana people, you're literally trying to raise these young people and, and young adults, you're trying to raise them to be able to walk tall or walk confidently in two worlds. And that, that's my why I keep thinking about, you know, I finished high school 
and went straight into the workforce, started a business later on in life. And my kids are seeing that. So they see me at university. They see me, you know, doing business. They jump on planes every now and again. Um, they're exposed to things that I was never exposed to as a Koori living in Redfern. Yeah. So you know, when I think about our children who are our future, what are we doing to ensure that they grow up in a much better society? Yeah. And I know we make up 3% of the population. So how do we bring along the 97% of the population yeah. to support our, our children because they're going to be the next ones? You know, whether they like it or not, I keep telling them. Yep. Every <laughs> single protest... And their knees are sore, legs are sore, feet are sore. And I keep telling him, I said, are you getting rubber bullets shot at you? Yeah. I said, you got pepper spray? You got bullets? Are you getting battens? So everything that our parents and grandparents went through, that doesn't happen today. Yeah. So I feel like even at Black Card, I've got an opportunity to kind of protest, but in a very formal way. Yeah. <laughs> so probably a good segue is to start then to tell us about Black Card and yeah. Because I, I, your work that you do is all about influencing and bringing that 97% of Australians on that journey. Yeah. Talking about business. And it's interesting because, you know, you said what gets you up in the morning, what motivates you, what excites yeah. you. It's the most exhausting piece of work that yeah. I've ever done. And I thought it was just two, three years, I helped the elders start the business and I'll kind of step back and go back to the life that I was living, which was a nine to five life. And um, that hasn't been the case. So Black Card, the vision around, the, the vision behind Black Card was to give mainly non-Indigenous Australians a university level education. And a lot of organisations have done really well in the cultural awareness space, but then it stops there. So how do we, well, first and foremost, how do we educate even our own mob about Aboriginal terms of reference? Yeah. How did we run an entire country for tens of thousands of years without yeah. any outside in interference, with no armies, no need for prisons, no need for police, and we never invaded anybody? Yeah. So there's a lot in that in terms of how yeah. Aboriginal people ran this country not that long ago. Just remember yeah. that. <laughs> so we're owners and runners of country. Yeah. I draw strength from that. I'm not a victim. I don't have a victim mentality. Yeah. My mum was a victim. She was institutionalised. She was a ward of the state. Her mother was vi a victim. She was institutionalised. So I, got f I go back five generations of stolen children on mum's side alone. Yeah. But I don't want to stand here and say, poor me, I lost my mum 20 years ago. Yeah. And poor me, I've been to 10 funerals at the Murray School and every single one of those children died by suicide at one school in Brisbane. Yeah. I don't want to focus on that. That's really important to share that information, especially with non-Indigenous people. But what about the 60, 70,000, 100 plus thousands of years of knowledge of history and heritage yeah. that comes from this country? How do we share that with the rest of the world, not just with Australians? Yeah. And for mob that didn't grow up in culture, believe it or not, I think Black Card strengthens our identity and will support us in navigating those yeah. two worlds, you know, the, the Aboriginal world and the Western yeah. world. So yeah, Black Card to me is, is a strength-based approach in educating people about Aboriginal perspectives, Aboriginal approaches to knowledge, Aboriginal politics, Aboriginal worldview. We talk about Aboriginal philosophy, governance, logic, yeah. and most of it you can't Google. So I've had the privilege to work with Auntie Lilla Watson, who's my grandmother's sister, 
who was the first Aboriginal lecturer at the University of Queensland and the first Aboriginal um, person to serve on the University Senate. And that was in 1980, just after we became citizens in our own country. So Aunt Lilla's my grandmother's sister. She's my business partner and has been my mentor. I always say this uh, in in the training that you know, the Aboriginal world and the Western world, there's a diagram. And in the Western world, I'm the CEO of Black Card, you know, managing director and co-founder. In the Aboriginal world, I'm an apprentice serving my <laughs> apprenticeship. But I know yeah. my place, especially in my own community. Yeah. So if we're all meeting with non-Indigenous people today and we're all from Black Card, they wouldn't know who the CEO is. Yeah. So I think that's really important to grow up in an Aboriginal um, family and socialised amongst Aboriginal people and community. We're a group-based people. Yeah. It's not about the individual. You know, it's a non-ego based, it's a collective society. You know, non-ego based, non-judgmental, non-competitive. All of those incredible features of Aboriginal culture could really, I see that as a way of how do we influence mainstream Australia in operating on our terms of reference. Yeah, Yeah. so I draw strength from that. It's, It's phenomenal, it really is. So what does that look like in, in practical terms? And if somebody was interested in go, wanting to embark on this journey, yeah. what would they do? How do they get started? Well, you can read Crystal's book because I recommend it now in every <laughs> single Black Card workshop. Um, it's an opportunity, like educate yourselves. Are you ready for this journey? And is Black Card the right provider? So yeah. it's not for everyone. Yeah. Um, so basically most people will just go online, have a look at our website, um, have a look at some of the testimonials, yeah. go to LinkedIn and actually have a look at some of the people that share their experiences. And I think that's really important for an organisation that's embarking on your reconciliation journey. Yeah. Go out there and build relationships with different Indigenous businesses and providers around the cultural education space. And, and, and like I said, we're not for everyone, but it's good to hear other people's experience and yeah. I'm not government funded, so I don't have any hesitation on calling it for what it is. So we're quite honest. It's all about truth telling. And it's about, I I would say, just keeping true to ourselves as blackfellas. Yeah, that's fantastic. You you mentioned before you're a mum. Yes. And you have such a busy life. Just talk to me about navigating that. Like, I'm a bit like you two. We're jumping on planes. We're here. We're in front of people. Yeah. You've got your, your Dramas, Black stresses. Magic podcast. How do you manage all of that? Oh, look, you know what? I get asked this nearly every single day and I always feel terrible. I'm making out like I'm superwoman because yeah. my husband is amazing. Yeah. So Can I, you get me one of them? Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> all my family, like, does he have any brothers and sisters? <laughs> brothers and sisters. Brothers, because I've got eight sisters. <laughs> um, I would say that it's a really good... Um, it's a balance, right? So he looks after kids and cooks and cleans, gets them to school, gets them to, they do basketball, football, soccer, gymnastics, ballet, just that's extracurricular. Then there's the birthday parties, right? He does all of that. And I kind of fly in, fly out. I think in the last three weeks, I've slept in my bed three times. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And I've been in three states and nine hotels. Yes. But I couldn't do it without him. Yeah, Otherwise, I'd be support. up all night, stressed, worrying about my kids and whether or not they're going to get fed <laughs> or are they going to get to school or are they going to make it to yeah. their friend's birthday party. So it's team effort. And he had to quit his job and, you know, kind of support me. And he just, 
he saw the vision of Black Card yeah. as a Kiwi Fijian. He saw the vision and realised that what I'm doing is going to benefit our kids. Yeah. So it's not about me trying to build a business and make some money and get out there yeah. and whatever. He actually could see the big picture. Yeah. And thank God for that because otherwise I don't think he'd be as supportive yeah. of me just dropping in and out of my kids' lives. Yeah. But I want to say at the same time, it took me years to not feel guilty of leaving my kids. Yeah. I'm not going to cry. Yeah. Um, I know that guilt. It's full on. I do. So COVID actually forced me to stay at home yeah. and I actually built a relationship with my kids that I hadn't had previously. So now I'm back on a plane and now they're getting angry because I'm not there yeah. and, oh, you, my birthday's coming up. Mum, what about my birthday party? I'm like, hey, yeah. I've been to your birthday party the last two years. Yeah. I've been doing stop, drop and go the last two years. Yeah. Now you need to get used to me going again. So I feel like, sometimes I feel like they've been robbed of a mother. And then I start to think of my dad yeah. not being there for us and my mum raising eight kids because he was doing exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, travelling around the country, travelling around the world and, and supporting blackfellas with land rights and radio stations. So today I just feel that one day my kids will look back and realise the reason why I was gone. But yeah. at the same time, I can't make up for that lost time. Yeah. So it's a balance. It definitely is. But I need, and I think for all mums, give yourself permission. So that's what I do now. I give myself permission to feel the way I do. Yeah. I acknowledge that I'm feeling that way and then I move on yeah. and get on with my day. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably a good segue into thinking about, you know, as your kids get older, thinking about what you want to be remembered for. What is Mandanara's legacy? Wow. Do you know, I, I've thought about it and I keep... It's really hard eh, to kind of think about that or even to talk about yourself and go, I want to be remembered by X, Y and Z. Well, I, I would hope that mainstream Australians, more than my own community, and my own community means the world to me, but I want mainstream Australians, everyday Australians, to basically say that was the woman that changed my perspective. One person, if I could change one person's perspective yeah. about who we are as black fellas, then I've done my job and I get to do that every single day. So, yeah, if someone actually looked back in 30, 40 years' time and said, that was the woman that changed my perspective or inspired me to yeah. do something different with my life. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of us, and not anymore, but a lot of us do go to work and sometimes that's not what, you know, our heart desires, it's yeah. not what we really want to do. And sometimes we've got no choice. I think when I meet people, they start to realise, you know what, I'm not making enough impact in the job that I'm in. Yeah. I'm going to go elsewhere. And that's happened with some of my clients. And they thanked me. And I'm like, hold a minute, I need you. <laughs> <laughs> Still signing that contract? Yeah. Like literally, sorry, Mandanara. Yeah. I'm, I've, I'm taking a new job because I just, I'm limited in what I can do yeah. in this space. Yeah. You are an absolute powerhouse and I know that lots of people would be saying that you have changed their minds, changed their hearts and really influenced them to really think about Aboriginal Australian history in this country. So thank you so much. Is there any kind of final message you want to leave our viewers with today? Well, I would just really quickly, I, I wouldn't 
it wouldn't be right if I didn't add that relationships are probably fundamental for all of us as human beings, but in particular for Aboriginal people and culture. Yeah. So build relationships with people, invest in relationships and get to know us for who we are and not just what we do. So yeah, I'm a mum, I'm a student, I'm an aunt, I'm actually a grandmother. Uh, not that I have grandchildren, but in my kinship system, my sister became a grandmother and that made me a grandmother. And have, I have obligations to my yeah. grandchildren, right? So get to know us. And I think that's the way that we can break down barriers yeah. and build trust, build rapport, all of those things. But it's, yeah, people are very limited in their thinking, especially around business, where we turn up and we get straight down to kind of what do you do, tell me about Black Card, where I flip it and I say, let's actually introduce ourselves in a more Aboriginal way. Yeah. So in a minute, I talk about who I am rather than what I do, yeah. and that's how I've secured probably 99% of my contracts. I've only tended once in nine years. That's fantastic, absolutely. So, yeah. Phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining You're me. You're welcome. So thanks so much for joining us and please stay tuned for the next edition. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you love it, please share it on your socials with your mob. Let's help amplify as many Indigenous businesses as possible and get everyone supporting each other. Thank you.